tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If. We took a week off because we were recovering from Phoenix Comic Fest. Man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I tell you what, though. That was that was really neat. Um, sorry to jump the fish there or the shark. That sounds bigger. <laughs> sounds bigger. I think he's jumped the gun. <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, that was a neat festival. Um, I, I was blown away by how much creative was there. There was a lot of creative. Like the 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 amount of actual comic book talent that was there was phenomenal. Like I'm I'm so glad Phoenix is able to get that type of uh, recognition. Yeah, and like even then too. I mean, I know it wasn't like exactly like a booth booth, but that the fact that DC invested to set up a booth, yeah, was cool. And they they did have a few of uh, DC creators like have. Uh, yeah, signing, signing lines and signing, sign, yeah, like exactly. Yeah. So that was pretty awesome. Yeah, it really was. Now I wonder if that was like I'm, I'm I I get this feeling that Scott Snyder must live nearby, but I don't think he does live in Phoenix. I don't. I have no clue. I, I, don't I, know I would. I would assume. Does. I, I would assume that he lives somewhere here on the West Coast. Yeah, I think he's definitely a West Coast kind of guy. Uh, maybe probably California then, since DC's now maybe. a West Coast kind of company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I think that was the big. One of the, or two of the big grabs for this year for comic book talent was Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, uh, obviously yeah. coming off of uh, metal, uh, Dark Knight metal, yeah. yeah, Dark Knight's metal, Dark Knight's metal, yeah, yeah. Uh, we've talked, you know, we talked quite a bit about that. We did a whole challenge on it the last our last episode. Um, yeah, we gave you your money's worth for that storyline. <laughs> I was gonna say, I, I really don't feel like I got my money's worth from from oh, buying those comics. No, so, no. like I. You know, and it's funny because uh, so Dark Knight's Metal happens and it spins off into No Justice, which I'll talk about later. But Dark Knight's No Justice, and again, I think this echoes back to something that's very fun to us, the fifth week event. Like when you strike an event and you do it in a month, it's going to be way more memorable. It's going to be way better than these longer drawn out stuff. Like if I was ever an editor, I would never go beyond three months if I had to do an event. Mm, you know, idea. because you could do like, you know, a three part story, one in each month, and then it's two crossover books. So that way you're doing three out of the four weeks in a month. So that way out of 12, you hit nine. That's way easier to remember than trying to draw out stuff that it's like, because metal. I mean, my God, at the start of the event, and especially if you look at the the reading order card or the collector card for all the trade stuff, I mean, it was like we had a metal issue once a month or once a week. And then towards the end, it's like, oh, yeah, you'll get one, and then a month later, you'll get your next one. Yeah. And there was just too much going on for you to not to, – to lose what you've processed. Right. Like, yeah, that's – that – and then, like I, my, and we already covered this, but my quarrels, quarrels, quabbles, quabbles, sure, I like quabbles. Uh, with the story was just that the 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 bad guy was way too powerful for the way that they defeated him. Like it just yes. it comes out of it's it's literally a last second uh, save by a unknown you know item that was not there before. It's just oh okay, well now now everything's good. It's like oh okay, well that yeah, that's kind of lame, but um. 
I but I can't I can't fault Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Like I loved their run on on Batman. I thought you know yeah no that new fifty two Batman. Like it's funny because with Batman, I mean for me, I've always like I think Batman's pretty much a safe bet that I always bought him. Right. Except for those glorious times of War Games, No Man's Land, <laughs> and the Fugitive Era. Uh, for some reason, I was like, oh no, let me not buy these. Um, I went from like Night Night Quest, Nightfall, Nights End, that stupid miniseries afterwards, and then nothing. And then, but finally, like I, I for sure was collecting like when Grant Morrison on was on the book, I was on mm. the book as well. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you had Grant Morrison, then the baton gets handed over to uh, Scott Snyder, and then currently Tom King. But I mean, it's like, dude, those are some amazing writers with amazing stories for Bruce Wayne. Yeah, there's uh, and it, it's funny that you brought up those particular storylines because those that's when i started like really collecting batman so uh it's interesting that's when you you weren't collecting it but uh yeah like i even dressed up on saturday as john wycliffe the 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 grandmaster of the court of owls just because i really enjoyed that storyline i really enjoyed that that new element of the batman mythos that they added in you know um I uh, some of the other people you got to talk to Mitch Gerards, which I know you love because Miracle Man or Mr. Miracle, Mr. Miracle, sorry, yeah. Miracle Man. <laughs> Someday soon he'll. Yeah. Spoiler alert! No, um, yeah, no, he's he's great. I mean, he's he's very active on social media. He's very friendly. Um, like I, I forgot about this. Um, some of our friends, Richard and Erica. So with Mitch Gerards living in the Phoenix area, he did a signing at Samurai Comics. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of asked Richard and Erica, I was like, hey, if you guys don't mind, you know, like today's the issue number one, it's dropping. Do you mind grabbing a copy, seeing if I sign it? So by the time they got there, I guess Samurai Comics had run out. Uh-huh. And they were like, oh, we're doing this for our friend. He actually stayed and waited for them. So they drove from, you know, I guess central Phoenix area out to um, Fantastic Comics, which is in the Scottsdale area. They picked up a couple of whatever they had left there of Mr. Miracle, drove back to the Samurai, and he signed them for them. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, like he's just, he's an all around great guy uh, to get to ask him, you know, like, hey, you know, how's fatherhood? How's that going? Like, he's just so, like, lit up about all that stuff. So he's just, he's fantastic. Yeah, and then to hear him talk about his, uh, you know, Easter eggs that he likes to draw into the different issues and uh, the different superhero t shirts that he wears because. Uh, Mr. Miracle is also a fanboy, yeah, <laughs> essentially. Uh, he very much has a uh, subscription through Diamond Comic Distributors, <laughs> and he's like, "Give me the shirts." <laughs> uh, and then the, another artist, one, one, one of my favorite artists, we we got to sit there and talk to was uh, Todd Knock. He was there. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was as we were talking to him, he was doing a little bit of sketching, which was awesome. You know, uh, I talked a little bit about uh, the what was it through the Hero Initiative of uh, Wake yeah, Up he, and Draw. Yeah, he he definitely works a lot, like. He's so great because he devotes his time. Like he's very much he's he's great with his fans, but he's also great to the combo community. And yeah, uh, once a year on Jack King's birthday, they do the Wake Up and Draw initiative. So Jack artists Jack Kirby, sorry Jack the King Kirby. <laughs> yeah, what did I say? King Jack Kirby, King. Jack King. <laughs> um, but Jack Kirby. So they, on his birthday, they wake up and they just draw something. And usually they try to draw it themed to whatever he's famous for, which mm-hmm. is a lot of character selections um but yeah like he just he puts it out there and it's so awesome to see like him get lit up about it i feel like such a fool i totally fanboy out at that moment like, <laughs> and i was like oh gross <laughs> and you know like honestly like my uh introduction to todd knock was uh young justice obviously like you know i, I would say it's one of his more 
uh, prominent, famous works. I mean, his then he, go, he goes on to do Spider Man and uh, Ben Riley stuff, and you know uh, all that. You know a lot of other great work, but um, the fact that he still comes back to drawing those Young Justice characters was amazing, and I really enjoyed watching his art style like uh, yes. evolve. Like I loved it back then, but like you, you can see at, at how it has evolved over time and. He's, uh, you know, I only only gotten better, so that I, I was uh, really appreciative to see him to watch, sit there and watch him draw. Yeah, like it's neat when you see like they pick up a technique and items like that. Um, yeah, no, he's just his style is great, and like I mean, I, I'm glad that you mentioned the Spider books. I wish he was on that right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to say that any of the current artists aren't, but like the way he puts his bodies in fluid motion is great for characters like Spider Man, Scarlet Spider, or even Impulse. You know, like he, like even when Impulse is standing still on the page, the way Todd draws it, there's like still movement. <laughs> you know, you're just like, damn, that is awesome. You and know, I, I also love that the, the, his his natural drawing style also lends its way to younger characters. Like it gives it more of a youthful look. So his Spider Man, his Ben Riley, kind of make it yeah, harken back to yeah the. The young teenage Spider-Man, even though he was drawing a adult Spider-Man. Yeah, and you know it's it's kind of funny because, like, I, I look at artists, and it's a shame because like going back to Darwin Cook, um, like when he draws, people pretty much see like Silver Age looking stuff, and he does. He just like for some reason his flair is very, I, I want to say timeless, mm-hmm. but it's it's timeless set in a silver age. Right. You know, cause like when he did his run on the spirit, you know, it's like he still made it modern, but it did scream out. And I know that was something he got annoyed with. He's like, I don't want to get stuck drawing characters this way. And right now you have, um, uh, doc Shaner who's doing some work. He was doing some work on the, uh, the incredibles. No, the terrifics, the terrifics. There we go. Sorry. Too many fantastic, incredible, terrific <laughs> things out there to talk about. But, um, you know, but he, he does a lot of work on the trade collections. Like he'll draw their covers. And again, they go to him because he's got very much a silver age, bronze age look. And to me, like when you see that modern age kid look like, you know, like the, definitely the sidekicks or, or things like that. My mind is always going to go to Todd Knack. You know, it's just like always, like his drawings are impressioned for that era era in that group of characters, you know, because like Carl Kessel did a great job on Superboy. But when I think of Superboy, it's always a Todd drawing. It's right. Like, you know? Yeah. So, so yeah, uh, he definitely put a staple on that era for me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it was a great time. I'm glad that uh, Phoenix Comic Fest was able to happen this year, you know, after the Incident, I guess we put it <laughs> last year, and and now uh, next year they're not going to be Comic Fest anymore. It's going to be Phoenix Fan Fusion is yes. the new name. So uh, they announced that on the last day of the of the festival, and uh, and all right, I guess that's the that'd be the new thing. We'll see. We'll see what what next year turns out to be. Well, hey, good luck to them. Honestly, I mean it's it's been growing. I mean I remember. I remember just walking up and buying tickets, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, yes, I, I heard a lot of people talking about the prices going up and I was, I was, you know, floored by that myself, but I mean, they are doing a great job. I mean, like one that blew my mind, I wish I would have went and said something, but you know, the timing just didn't work out, but like Charles soul was there That's right. and he's big on daredevil right now. And he's definitely, he's somebody I can see in the Marvel universe that I think he can start helming some of like the Marvel universe events. 
you know, because they don't have Bendis and, and you kind of look around at Marvel, like Jason Aaron right now seems like the big guy, but I think you can also take appreciation with Charles Soule in your stable as well. So, but yeah, that was cool to see him there as well. Cause for some reason, when I think of Charles Soule, I don't know, I have it in my mind that he lives in like Chicago. I don't know why, <laughs> but that's just what I think. And so I'm like, wow, Phoenix is way out of his way. So that's awesome that he was there, but I have a feeling because, again, if you look at social media, I almost feel like uh, Scott Snyder's courting him over, you know, like, oh, hey, come hey. to DC Comics, you know. So, <laughs> I, I don't know, maybe maybe I, maybe that was just me, but I felt like there was a little bit of a enticement, you know, like, hey, come on down, you maybe. know. Maybe. <laughs> I, I could see it. I could see it happening. Uh, all right. That, that was uh, Phoenix Comic Fest 2018. Let's talk about what is on the spinner rack this week. So, all right. So, we are coming into the first week of June. And um, a lot of good stuff is going to be starting up. So June is definitely, like, I know people were laughing about the whole uh, DC fresh start and, you know, Marvel. No, Marvel's fresh start and then DC kind of copying it, which I call BS on that. I love Bleeding Cool, but I think they're making too big a deal over some stuff. But anyways. We so, need clicks. Every, everybody needs clicks. So you Yes, just, that's you, true. You, you got to survive somehow. Throw out an opinion and hope that. It will it will make people divisive. So yeah, but uh, but anyways, hey, if it gives me good comic books, I don't mind. There you go. So here we go. Speaking of good comic books, so for the first week this Wednesday, we have coming out of DC Comics Batman number forty eight. We're getting that much closer to the big wedding, so we'll have forty eight, forty nine, and then on the fourth of July, fifty. So get your tux ready and get ready to be. Uh, I don't know, enthralled or scared or who knows what to expect. <laughs> and speaking of which, we have Batman prelude to the wedding, Nightwing versus Hush. I am very excited about this one because I don't, I don't really know if those two have interacted in a bigger sense. Like they may have fought each other on a panel, but this one's really neat because it's like, here's the best friend of Bruce Wayne, quote unquote, and then here's the son of Bruce Wayne, quote unquote. So, I mean, that's kind of neat. Like I almost, I almost feel like in a weird way, this is the battle of the best men. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, personally, in my mind's eye, I would have had it been Harvey Dent and Dick Grayson, Two-Face versus Nightwing. Right, yeah. But, I mean, if we're looking at Hush, and, again, you know, yes, he's a new character. He's been implanted. But I almost feel like it's like, wow, you know, here's a boyhood best friend. And then here is his son slash best friend. So, yeah. yeah, this is the battle of the best men. I don't know. That's what I'm hoping for in this book. I like it. I think that's, that's pretty – that is a pretty incredible – and I was just – I'm trying to think. Like, I mean – I know since re- since the rebirth, uh, I wasn't I wasn't too on top of my Batman or my comic book reading. Like it, it's only been within the last six months that I had started back up. But I didn't was Hush around in Rebirth? Obviously, I mean, obviously he is if he's showing up at the wedding. You know, I I think this might be his first. I mean, unless I missed something in Detective, but in the actual Batman book by Tom King, no, we haven't seen Hush yet. Mm. You know, because he would have been too early for the war of jokes and riddles. Right. And then, so yeah, so I haven't, I mean, not, I mean, unless I missed something, but no, I think this is going to be his first post rebirth appearance. Yeah. Cause I was, I was going to say, I mean, I know in, uh, new 52, he was around, it was him and Damien in, in a book, right? Like Damien was using him cause he was, he looked like, oh, he looked like Bruce I, Wayne. I think that was before new 52. Was that before yeah. New 52? Cause yeah, that was because that was when Bruce Wayne was dead and mm. Dick was Batman. That's right. So they had Tommy Elliott play the Bruce Wayne parts that way they could keep up the appearances mm. cause it was hinted at that Batman died, but it wasn't 
for sure Bruce Wayne was dead. So, right. Yeah. And that was Damien. Because that's right, because they drew that big image, and they showed Bruce Wayne standing there, and then the bandages, and then Damien was kind of holding it like, like a, a leash. leash. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But uh, And they just had last week, last Wednesday, uh, Damien interacting with Selena. And then that one was Robin versus Rachel Ghoul, prelude to the wedding. I haven't read that one yet, but I think it's going to be really interesting because I know in my mind's eye, that was something that's neat that, again, you know, mixed families, it's a modern time. How does Damien feel about his father not loving his mother? Well, you know? I mean, in the issue where uh, Damien, or was it, no, Bruce and Selena go to meet up with... Uh, oh, yeah, in that, whatever that no land was. Yeah, like, it, it really seemed like even Damien doesn't have, like, love for his mother anymore, so... To me, I would I would assume that he's 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 okay with the fact that his mom and his dad don't love each other. Like I don't know. I guess Talia was still will always have that place in her heart for for Bruce, but I, I'm pretty sure that Bruce has gotten over. But then again, Bruce is really like really fucked up in his love life. Like he. Oh yeah. Every every. I mean, look look who he's about to marry. I mean, <laughs> this is literally a cat burglar. Like she steals things she breaks the law i mean but she's robin hood yeah. so it's okay yeah. <laughs> i mean she gives a little bit more to herself than she does to the poor <laughs> she gets her cut yeah only because she didn't have a rich thomas wayne in her life you fair know? enough that's fair it's fair but yeah i just i don't know I, I obviously batman's got his problems and people love the whole batman catwoman relationship obviously i mean i don't know if i, I doubt it started with batman Returns. Uh, I think that flared up, but you know what? You're well. Okay, this was interesting. I was looking through some stuff, and basically, if I remember correctly, from the 40s to the 50s, you didn't have any Catwoman mm. because of the the the, the code. The oh, code said okay. no, you can't depict women that way. So, I mean, she was there from the start. You know, like she her first appearance is Batman number one, um, and that was a hell of a book. I mean, we also got the Joker in that one as well, but. You know, she was there from the start. They, they, you know, they definitely, like, if I remember correctly, it's either her first or maybe first, second, or third appearance. Batman did let her go. You know, because even Robin's like, quick, Batman, she's getting away. And Batman's <laughs> like, oh, no, chum, it's okay. You know, <laughs> like winks at the panel, you know. So he's doing it before Deadpool was cool. Wow. Um, but, I mean, so there, there's been something there, but it's like, you know, I, I definitely would say when she popped up, well, no, like, there, there's got to be something. Like, because even, too, like, the Earth 2 Batman, he did marry Selena Kyle. That's yeah, why we you're have right. you're, That's true. I didn't even yeah. think about that. Yeah. Pre-Crisis uh, on Infinite yeah, Earth, we had crisis. Uh, uh, Helena Wayne, who was the, the daughter of Catwoman and Batman. So, yeah, yeah they, they've been, I guess, yeah, they've been yeah, a they've couple been for a while. The reason, yeah, because, like, I know, like, I've talked to friends. I'm like, well, who do you ever see Batman with? And a lot of people, you know, will pick another character or whatnot. Um one that's surprising, and I guess I think more of her as the Gwen Stacy is Silver St. Cloud. She's oh, the one that yeah, kind of yeah. got away because she actually deduced that Bruce Wayne was Batman, you know, mm -hmm. for that one. Um, but again, you know, it's one of those things. So, but yeah, I, I've I've always felt it was Catwoman. That's his Lois Lane. That's his Mary Jane. You know, that's See, the character he's drawn to. And for me, I've always. I, I, I guess it's not his lowest lane, but the and I think we've had this, this discussion before. I even think on 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 recording, it, I, I've always wanted Bruce to end up with Zatanna. Like I just think that to me, that's the great couple. Like either that or I love when the Justice League throws around Bat, Batman and Wonder Woman. Like the idea of the two of them. 
as a huge power couple like in the oh, yeah. superhero community but like i just think that zatanna would have seen bruce at his most vulnerable when he was learning to to yeah, be during batman his yeah during his year zero whatever you want to call that you know that'd be a good book to write because they did that i think that well at least in my mind's eye i see it that way um Mark Wade and Lean Francis Yu, uh, when they did their Superman one, Birthright, Birthright, yeah, they had to do a Batman version of it, and Dude. that would be a neat one to explore that relationship. With. And I, I loved that that book, that series. Um, I just wish that it would have spent more time in his travels. Like it, yeah. it, it goes like you, that's what I thought that book was going to be, and then like maybe issue three like or four, they, they're already in Metropolis, back. and I'm like, ah, oh, come on. But then you have that. Um, Superman American Alien, which did a lot yeah, of that, which up. I loved. That, that that was the part that I loved, even though he ends up on uh, Oliver Queen's yacht, or was it Bruce Bruce's Wayne's yacht? Yeah, yeah. Bruce's, Bruce's yacht, where Oliver Queen is acting like Clark is Bruce. And, yeah, and yeah, yeah, it was good. <laughs> it was just it was weird, but yeah, that's what I, I I would love to see that. I mean, I I would love to see that. That's kind of what I got in Batman Begins, like the first third of the movie. Yeah, the travels and and but that's what I would love a. 12 issue year long I don't know if you call that year zero or you even call that like year, year negative one <laughs> <laughs> well that's true because you know Miller gave us year one Snyder gave us year zero so here we go and, you know year point one <laughs> yeah exactly point five it's in the middle of it yeah <laughs> so, but yeah I would love to to just see that where he's learning all these skills and and fu- and he's frustrated and he's like he, he doesn't know if taking up this um this mission that he he believes was dawned on him by his parents to you know if he can do it like we're, when do you see Batman with self doubt like yeah. it would have to be around that time right because after that point he's got to have all the self confidence that he can take on the criminal underworld of of Gotham yeah because I mean how neat would that be when you see the issues like because I, I almost look at that book as like a brave and the bold team up style mm. so you have yes. that you know where he is he tracks down Zatara. And he meets Zatanna, you know, and he learns about escapism and magic. Um, you know, then he goes to, God, you, you could bring in some of the old detective characters, you know, Slam Brady. And that's where he learns how to, like, defend himself. What about, like, uh, like, like Alan Scott? Bring Alan Scott back. And, like, Ooh. he, you know, he he thinks about that as, because Alan Scott was Gotham City, right? Yeah. You know, that green, original Green Lantern. And he maybe even has a discussion. He's like, why weren't you there to save my parents? You were the hero of Gotham. Ooh. That would be crazy, you know. And that's almost where it's like Bruce kind of maybe puts put some of the fear of that loss behind him because mm. you know Green Lantern's mm-hmm. in fear, but he has that where he kind of accepts it and he's like, you know, I don't blame you anymore, Alan. And that's where he stops going from being like Frank Castle esque mm-hmm. towards where he's going to be more Batman. Right. That's a neat turning point. All right. Well, now now we have to write this. <laughs> it's you and me. There we go. So Todd Knack, if you want to draw some Batman, <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting. No, has he ever drawn Batman? I know he's famous for Robin, but I don't. Since know Since the youth, he probably Batman. did. Yeah. When they did that big crossover, yeah, I'm he sure. probably drew Batman at some point. All right, cool. There we go. <laughs> you heard it here first. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, continuing on. Um, Batman The Rebirth Deluxe Edition Volume 2 Hardcover. I would recommend getting that. I myself am probably going to buy these because Tom King's run, that is bookshelf worthy. That is some good stuff. So I, I would put that on your radar. 
Um, speaking of collections, Dark Knight's Metal, the deluxe edition hardcover. The first prints will be the ones that have the special edition dust jackets. So they've been doing that recently with Batman books, uh, Scott Snyder's actually specifically. So when they do these hardcover editions, they make the first print very special and then the other prints will be regular. So if you're into collecting that way, uh, that's something to go out there and purchase. Now the last two are hardcover collections, so that's a lot of money being spent. So do yourself a favor when you go to your LCS, grab a copy of DC Nation number one. Why? Because it's free. <laughs> this is basically, you remember those guys who worked at Wizard? Now they all work at DC, nice. and this is what they do. And they, they talk about all the upcoming books, they interview the creative, and they just make it fun. You know, so this is a fun free book. Uh, they tried it a while back. I forgot what they called it. But when Rebirth happened, so there was that big free magazine that came out as well. This is that group coming at it again. They're going to try it. I don't, I don't think they'll be monthly. I think they might be every other month. So I, I hope that goes good because I love that stuff. You know, that's fun to get to see creative in that light. Um, Green Lanterns 48 will be on the rack as well. And this also has Dan Jurgens writing some Green Lantern time. So that could be worthwhile. Injustice 2 issue 27. And this is the big one. And this is the one I will, I will buy it off of you if you don't like it. Justice League number one. I'm excited for this. I haven't felt this way since JLA number one. Nice. I am glad to be back on Justice League. And I'm glad to be collecting and reading it. So I... The summer blockbuster comic books are back. Jason Aaron's Avengers and Scott Snyder's Justice League, fan-flippantastic, man. Nice. Grab these while you can. And like I said, if you buy it and you don't like it, send it to me and I will pay you for it. Uh, man of Steel number two will be out there. I liked Man of Steel number one. I was... Um, I, I'm, I'm the one thing that's my question is, does this take place in current continuity or is this supposed to be maybe like five years ago or something? That's the only thing I question about it, but I'm happy with it overall. I think it was a great introductory introductory issue for Bendis on his first full DC comic with Superman. So I like that one. Uh, Nightwing 45 and then the Wonder Woman annual number two will be out. And this one's exciting because Wonder Woman is going to be, if I remember correctly, face to face with the um, star sapphires we haven't seen them in a long time so wow. this will be kind of neat <laughs> there's only the two books with the green lanterns but let's <laughs> let's showcase them in the wonder woman annual but the annuals have actually been good for once so i know i'm going to take a gamble and pick this one up so i hope to see some carol ferris and i hope to see what's going on with the love lanterns was that was was it wonder woman that got the yeah, star sapphire in black night? night yep okay yeah, she because she loved the Earth she loved, so much. Yeah, that's right. That it, her it brought her back from the Black Lantern <laughs> to being a Violet Lantern. So, but yeah, a lot of good stuff coming out of there. Then, as we go to the other side of the country and we go to Marvel comic books, so there's going to be a lot of stuff coming out. It could be hit or miss. Uh, I'm going to advertise it. I I'm not picking it up personally, so buyer beware. But Ant Man and the Wasp number one. So this is where we're going to see um, Scott Lang team up with the new is she hope she's hope right hope van dyne in the comics yes so yeah so he's gonna team up with that character no but so, she's hope uh not van dyne oh, hope him him yeah, thank you sorry she's hope van dyne from the movie so she's nadia nadia you're right which so she's is, not even well it's russian for hope okay 
I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, so. that's what I heard. <laughs> Editor's box. <not laughs> uh, but so anyways, that's going to be the first time those two are teaming up. Obviously, this is definitely gearing us up for the movie and things like that. Mm-hmm. So if you liked it, um, it might be worth checking out. Honestly, I would play. I'm playing it safe. I'm going to wait till the reviews are in and then probably just pick up the trade. It might be cheaper. So that's one way to go. But again, we can't get trades if nobody buys the actual books. True. So that's the hard part about it. Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp Living Legends number one. So if I remember correctly, this is a reprint book. So this will... Nope, I'm sorry. It's not a reprint book. This is just a random story that was out there. Um, I don't even... I I can't even tell you who wrote it. Uh, They don't have any information for me. So So, yeah, I probably wouldn't pick that one up then. (laughs) So they're bringing... Obviously, they're bringing Scott Lang back up to the forefront because of the movie coming out here pretty soon. But last I read, and this is like a couple nights ago, um, Scott Lang's in outer space. In the in, Guardians. In, in, with the Guardians in, in the Infinity Countdown. So yes. how are we bringing him back to Earth? Is, is, uh, is, is that going to be... It's actually the uh, 616 Paul Rudd. He, uh... <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Is like, is it going to be typical comic book of, oh, he's in two places and we're just not going to talk about it? Yep. Or Okay. Yeah, it's Honestly, that's what it is. It's just because you're right. He, he had a big effect for the Guardians. Um, which is such an odd place for me to see Scott Lang in outer space, which is fine. Like, he, he can be out there. But, like, when I saw the issues of him... Uh, running around like when I was reading it, I was like, I really want this to be uh, Eric, Eric O'Grady, but I'm guessing black. He's Black Ant, right? Yeah, he's he was way too villainous, and he was Black Ant in Secret Empire. Which last I saw him and Taskmaster was on. They were on Madripoor, and they were just like, well, everything's going to shit. We're gonna go yep. and save our own skins, kind it's of thing. Do so what we can for ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Well, and see, and that's what's neat because actually falling out of Secret Empire because. I remember reading the book, and I think they were setting it up that maybe it was going to... Oh, God. I think it was Black Widow. You're thinking, oh, Black Widow's the double agent. Then it turns out it was Scott Lang. And he's like, look, I have a daughter I have to think about. Mm -hmm. So that's why he left. Like, literally, when the Guardians were getting ready to go back into space, he sneaks on board. Like, he doesn't even ask them. They're like, what are you doing? He's like, look, I... I'm I a need horrible to get out person, of here. <laughs> you know. He's like, I, I got to leave the Earth for a while. So it was neat because even Gamora's like, you're gonna die out there. You're just the type of person you are. So that's why if you read on in some of those books, he's like, oh, this is not how I want to die. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that that Infinity Countdown I was reading, he they're definitely referen- referencing it a lot. They're like, you know, you're gonna die out here. He's like, no, I know. You don't need to keep telling me. I yeah. know I'm gonna die. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but you know, it. I, I like him there. It's a weird peanut butter and potato chips mix. <laughs> I know that sounds awful, but it, it, it's good. You know, like I, I, I dig him there. But ultimately, yes, I, I want him back on Earth. I want to see what's going on. And I hope with Infinity Countdown leading into Infinity Wars, I hope we see a redemption of Hank Pym. Because it was funny, before we re- recorded this podcast, we, you were talking about the Avengers AI book. Mm-hmm. And like to me... It's one of those things where I feel so bad for Hank Pym. It's like he's done all these other amazing things in the Marvel Universe. We've seen him redeemed from the Ultron bull like four or five times. And then it's like they redeem him. They've put those skeletons. They've taken him out of the closet. The closet is clean. There's nothing to worry about. And then some new writer comes along. He's like, I fucking hate Hank Pym. Let's destroy him some more. And now ultimately he's stuck with Ultron in space. I hope they give him a good redemption. Well, I think with the, with uh, the fact that Ultron has a uh, Infinity Gem, Infinity Stone, yeah, whatever stowed. you want to call it now, yeah. uh, I really feel like 
there's there's your out. There's your way of separating the two and redeeming Hank Yeah, because if I remember correctly, I think it's the soul gem. I which believe is so. Weird because how does a machine have a soul? But Hank Pym has a soul exactly. and that's how we do it. Yeah, <laughs> and I was I was thinking that too, and I hope that is your MacGuffin or Dusex machine. Yeah, or that one, yeah. I hope that works out. Um, but anyways, yeah, so I, you know, if you want some good Ant-Man fun, there's going to be a lot of stuff out there. Um, Astonishing X-Men number 12 will be out. That'll be the last issue of the current arc, The Man Called X. Um, that's kind of on my radar because there's an upcoming annual that'll have the recently revived Jean Grey meet with adult Bobby, Hank, and Warren, and they're going to meet up with Xavier. So I, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff this month, there's going to be some stuff coming out of the X offices. I don't want to get too excited, but I'm hopeful. So let's see. But anyway, so yeah. And then issue 13 is going to have the whole new team. Uh, if I remember correctly, I think it's Havoc and Beast are their leaders, if I remember. So, But anyways, I've been hearing good stuff about this. I think this is uh, Charles Soule, so this will be his last issue on it. Avengers number one gets a second printing. So while you're going to get your Justice League number one, get Avengers number one. That way you can see how great these two books are. And I love saying this every time. Ben Riley, Scarlet Spider number 19. Yes, we are marching along. Those numbers are getting bigger. Do yourself a favor. Support this book. Uh, this will be the post- um, damnation, damnation event so this will be the start of a brand new arc it'll be interesting to see um, if I remember correctly I think this is where it's involving Mysterio so we're going to see some you know uh, Mysterio proper and his daughter and then how they're all in this whole soul seeking redemption situation that they're in right uh captain america number 703 these are the last few issues before we go into the new captain america so this is mark wade's last couple of issues there dazzler x song number one i know dazzler's got a group of fans there's a one shot coming out i don't know why so that could mean some good stuff for the character coming that's up. always the that's always baffled me like you're right dazzler has a strong like yes. following like it's it's a very small group I would say, but they are strong. They are passionate. <laughs> they yes. are very passionate. And every iteration of her. It's not like we only like the disco era or her. Or we only like the punk rock version of her. It's like <laughs> every iteration of her is like, yeah, that's Dazzler. We're, we're okay with it. All. Embrace. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, you're right. So, yeah. So, there's there's something out there for that. Um, now, I would assume Dazzler was, was created before Jubilee, right? Oh, way, yes, yes. So was Jubilee like a way of them recreating Dazzler without having to be Dazzler? Because their powers are way too similar for it not to be the same. Well, yes and no. So their powers appear that way. So Jubilee, like it's almost kind of like how like Pyro and Human Torch are. Right. So like Dazzler, she needs the music yeah, to create the... To the the light lights, projections yeah. and stuff like that. Jubilee self-creates. So, I mean, they're, to me, they're way too different characters. Because, like, when I look at Dazzler, I think of, like, when kids would go to the roller derbies and just go skate their dreams away with the oh, lights the roller and the rings, music. Yeah. yeah, the roller rings. And Jubilee is the mall rat, you know? So, it's like, all right. So, they're, I don't know, they're too vastly different. So. No, and, and, and uh, yeah, you're right. But I guess what I was trying to get at was, like, you know how in Grant Morrison's run of New X-Men, how he, he created the, the second mutation? And he's gone on to say that. He said, I created second mutation merely because I wanted Colossus back. And oh, since yeah. I couldn't bring Colossus back, I made Emma into the diamond form. Mm -hmm. Like, that was her second mutation. So, was that... 
someone who created Jubilee was just like, I need to use Dazzler, oh. but Dazzler's off the table right now, so I need someone to do like light powers. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I mean, I know her know? power isn't exactly light; it's more like fireworks. They're like little tiny explosions yeah, or some shit, but it's 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 drawn the same way. No, oh, you're right. It is. So, well, that's actually a good question because. I think she joins the X-Men right after the Outback era. So when they were dead living in Australia mm-hmm. and doing stuff like that. So, like, I don't know. That's a good question because, I, like, oh gosh, now that makes me wonder, like, who created Jubilee? And, yeah, maybe that was something where it's like, can we use this character? No, sorry, she's busy. Oh, dang it. I mean, so, what exactly would Dazzler know? be busy with? I mean, <laughs> at that time, I mean, I know at one point uh, she was – like the the character in real life was actually putting out albums, so they actually had someone singing as Dazzler, and you know she yeah, had records and shit thing, like yeah. that. So I wonder if some record label was like, "Yeah, we can't let you do that with the character." I know it's your character and stuff, but we're we're selling records over here. It's kind of more important than your comic <laughs> books, your little funny pages. So uh, you can't do that. And I was like, "Well, then I guess we'll make the small rat character yep. in the '80s or '90s and whenever she yeah. was created." So there you go. I don't know. That's that's something we're gonna have to do some investigations on. There you go. <laughs> uh, but continuing along on the sp- on the spinner racks here, this is a big one because you know it always is. Deadpool number one. That's right. If you want to start on the new era of Deadpool, how, this is where to begin. How is it they don't ha- currently have a book called Deadpool? Like I know they have Despicable oh, no, Deadpool. Th- they they did. Um, it's just it's the same thing with that the Fresh Start initiative. Oh. So because Deadpool, like yeah, his art team is or his his creative team is leaving the book. Uh, Jerry Duggan. Mm-hmm. So he was the one writing a lot for Deadpool, as you, you heard his name mentioned in uh, Deadpool too. Right. But yeah, they're leaving the book. So you know. Fresh start. Let's let's start with a brand new number one. Then ten issues from now, we'll call it number seven hundred, and then we'll bounce back and forth as need be. I don't know, but it's a new number one. They'll have the double numbering system, so all new creative team. Maybe the same old Wade. Who knows? So yeah, I don't know, but you know, it's, what if it's, it's what good if for one fans. day someone writes the Deadpool book and and like they they do their number one again or whatever and it's like all of a sudden he's back to his original the way he was in his original x-force like debut and like just a dick and just like like not charismatic at all and i would just love to see what some somebody reading that book would be like what the fuck just happened and be like oh that's how he was originally that's canon (laughs) (laughs) i mean obviously you go back to the fun you know yeah but that'd be fun to like do something where it's like yeah like you know, maybe they find out like, oh, there was a piece of shrapnel in his brain that was affecting him, so the endorphins weren't going in right or whatever. Or, yeah. Or even I could see them like showing up like just that that Deadpool shows up and he's like, Okay, you've been running like my name through the mud. Like you're just a a slice like a slice that came off of me that grew into this, like kind of thing and and uh, I've been doing actual mercenary work in quiet <laughs> and stuff like this around the world, so but I'm tired of you being this sideshow and stuff like that. Just, like, have another character show up and just well, be like... I've often thought of that, and especially, I mean, we, we just saw it in the movie, and I've even thought about the Wolverine. Like, what if you perfectly split it in half mm-hmm. and you throw the two halves away? Well, obviously, the legs would know, you know, so would they spawn enough to rebuild the upper torso and create a version of Deadpool or Wolverine? And then would the upper half grow the legs as properly? <laughs> and so, yeah, I've often wondered that. And they even did a Deadpool villain. Where he was, he was like a collection of like ripped off limbs mm-hmm. of Deadpool. Mm-hmm. I forget what they named him, but I mean, it's like, 
Yeah, what if there was one? Like, what if the Deadpool we know was the legs? So obviously it didn't have the fully developed brain, so it's just like, I'm kooky. And then here comes the part that was the brain that was, you know, more maniacal and less charismatic, and he's like, the fuck's this red moped riding bullshit? Get out of my book, man. Yeah, that, that, there you go. That'd be fun to do something like that. All right, that. book number right two. Right brain, Deadpool, left brain, Deadpool. Deadpool red, Deadpool blue. So we, we're, we've got our uh, Batman year half and, and Deadpool new. Multiplicity. Multiple, there you go. That's a good one. Uh, all right, so that's on the spinner rack. Uh, well, a couple last ones. Oh, yeah, sorry. So, sorry. Well, this is a big one. Uh, Doctor Strange, number one. I know a lot of people have been um, enjoying him, so he's going to get a brand new creative team. If you missed it, Hunt for Wolverine, number one, will be getting a second printing. Um, Weapon Lost will be getting a second printing uh, for issue one, and number two will be out as well. So there's the first three parts for that. I know later on you're going to talk about some Weapon X or Hunt for Wolverine stuff. Uh, Immortal Hulk, number one, is coming out. So... Uh, uh, Bruce Banner is a. I think Bruce Banner is alive. I know the Hulk is, so we're gonna see what's going on there. Infinity Countdown number four of five. So we're coming down to the end of the countdown, which is gonna lead to uh, the Infinity Wars. And I'm just scrolling through Rise of the Black Panther number six of six. So here's the new origin story. So we're we're definitely gonna be seeing a lot more of that. Tales of Suspense, Hawkeye and Winter Soldier trade paperback. That's the buddy cop movie you didn't know you needed in your life. And trust me, you need it. <laughs> and then actually, this was something that was on my mind. Uh, Wakanda Forever. So you asked about, you know, the uh, the other characters, the side characters from the Black Panther movies. Like, oh, wouldn't it be neat if they were interacting more with the Marvel Universe? Yeah. They actually are. They're doing a series of books called Wakanda Forever. So there's at least a Spider-Man one and I think an X-Men one. And I'm sure there's going to be more to come as well. Yeah. So that I, I did see that, too. I thought that was pretty uh, interesting because we were just talking about it. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. Was, was that... Is that everything? I guess one last one to plug then. Uh, <laughs> part of the True Believers $1 comics, Ant-Man and the Wasp, The Burst of Giant Man, number one. So this will be a reprint of the first time Hank Pym, the original Ant-Man, decides to go big and become the Giant Man. I thought in the original Avengers he was Giant Man. It was Giant Man and the Wasp. Well, so in issue number one of the Avengers, he was the the Ant-Man. Oh, okay. And I want to say, I think it was issue three. I think it was issue, it was, yeah, it was issue three because in issue two, the Hulk left. So they're right. like, oh shit, we don't have a powerful guy. We need somebody who's oh, who's big. Okay. Hey, let's take our little guy and make him big. Because so we don't need two little people. Yep. So. Throw it there. Okay. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Because now when you look at the founding members statue you always have giant, giant man, man and a wasp his out for, yeah. Yeah. yeah so uh all right that's awesome um let's talk about what we've been reading this week uh i have gone on record of saying that i was completely <laughs> disappointed in myself because i got fooled by uh uh the solicits from marvel into buying <laughs> all five books that it consists of making up the hunt for Wolverine. So you're on the hunt, all right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you had Hunt for Wolverine number one, which I guess it, as, as, it was as a one I, shot. It's just a one shot, yeah. Which you told me I was expecting it to be more of a thing, but it's it's literally just the book to start off the other four books. Um, uh, what is it? Weapon loss, Hunt for Wolverine, Weapon Loss, Hunt for Wolverine, Mystery in Madripoor, Hunt Hunt for Wolverine. What are the other two? 
Oh gosh, um, God, it's it's because there's a Weapon X book, but it's not the, Weapon X. That's, that's the Mystery in Matterport, right? No, that's the that's the X Men one. But yeah, you're right. There is the Weapon X book. There's the the Weapon Loss is the one with Daredevil, and then there's the Iron Man team. So essentially, you have a Daredevil team, which consists of Daredevil, Misty Knight, um, Frank McGee, and Cipher from the New Mutants. Then you have uh, the X Weapon X team, which is Sabretooth and Lady Deathstrike. And I don't remember if there's anybody else on that team. Okay, so let me see. I, I found the thing. So you got your your main book, which dealt with... That was the one shot that dealt with kind of the Marvel you dealing with them. So then Weapon Loss, like you mentioned, was the Daredevil book. So they were you know teaming up with your street-level heroes. Uh, they're dropping in names. Daredevil, Misty Knight, and Cypher. And then the Adamantium Agenda. Adamantium Agenda. Which is the Iron Man New Avengers team. Right, because they need to to get that off the playing field. Yeah, you don't want all that stuff running around. Then Claws of the Killer. Claws of the Killer. That's was, the Weapon X book. Yeah, No, it's cool to see that Dakin's in that book. That's right. Dakin was the other. And I think they made a mistake oh, yeah. <laughs> in one of the pages. Because uh, Sabretooth and Dakin go up against each other. Like, they, they're going to fight. Mm-hmm. And Dakin pulls his claws, and he has the three on top of his knuckles instead oh. of the one coming out of his yeah, wrist. Two underneath. top and one wrist, yeah. Uh, but later on, they do depict him with the one coming out of his wrist. But I think it was just a little mistake that the editor happened to let get by. Yeah, that's, yeah, so, that's major. I thought, yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and and literally, because I saw that, and I was like, oh, shit, did they did they change him? Like, Because I, I haven't read Wolverine in quite a long time. I, I didn't read when Wolverine died. So, like, when Hunt for Wolverine, the one-shot book, comes out, and, like, they're, you know, it's essentially, it's it's uh, the Reavers. Reavers? Reapers? Reavers. Reavers. Reavers, yeah. Reavers. Uh, Pierce. Um, yeah, the new mechanical bad guy squad. Yeah, yeah the they Reavers. they are going after Wolverine. Like, the idea is that if they can break apart the adamantium that's encasing him, they can take his body and they can uh, they can sell it to the highest bidder. Yeah. And, and take the, the adamantium out of him or whatever. And, you know, th- that was something that was bugging. I'm glad it's addressed in that, but that was something in my mind because it's like, isn't adamantium supposed to be rare? Yeah. And then meanwhile, you got this big old glob of it with Wolverine's genetics inside. Right. You think that shit would be like, let's lock that up fucking better than Iron Man. Like, <laughs> that needs to almost be like an Infinity Gem style, like, securement. <laughs> <laughs> so they, uh, they, they get there and then they bust it open, but then you find out that Wolverine's not in there. Right. But the X-Men aren't surprised by this. Like, you would expect him to be like, what? Because they set up this whole memorial, and he's inside of this cabin, and it's supposed to be a place where anybody can come and pay their respects to Wolverine if they want to. But the the X-Men are like, nope, nope. They, they, you know, we, we knew it because we, we moved him from it. Yeah. Like, they literally, and I don't know why this wasn't a thing when he first <laughs> happened. Yeah, like, but, why did they wait till he was like, oh, he's probably suffocated by now. Yeah. I guess we'll try this. So, Kitty... <laughs> Essentially puts her hands into the molten adamantium and uh, phases him out. Like it, it's really difficult for her because yeah. well, uh, which adamantium do exactly you take and, not and, take? and yeah. his body's already kind of fused with the one that's around his body now, and it's kind yeah. of it's definitely weird. But it, it, it she's like this is the hardest thing I've done since the bullet, and we all know about the bullet. Yeah. So so this was uh you know they take her out and but he's still dead. So they bury him. They right. they find a, a unmarked area. They they only the core members of the X Men know. So that's like Storm and Colossus and Kitty and Nightcrawler and Cyclops, Scott. Yeah. yeah, like they they're the only ones that know. And 
I guess Kitty is telling the story of to the grave of uh, Wolverine as you know the as of the of the story of the Reavers going to try and steal her body, and then she, I guess she gets a kind of a twinge. Yeah, it's or whatever. Like she doesn't. She doesn't. Kitty sense. Yeah, <laughs> essentially. And she sticks her body, her her hand into the grave, and she's like, "Nope, nothing there." So they go and they dig up the grave, and his body isn't there, which is I thought was weird because there was a lump in the ground, and there was grass growing over that lump. So, however, How do you Wolverine, fake that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. However, Wolverine got out. It. Yeah, it's like, did he like wait till they buried him? Like, okay, I'll pop out now, and you then know? let like, the stuff all start growing over and stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and I know the last time I saw him was at the Infinity Countdown where he has one of the stones and he left. Well, it he for... passed it on, but you're right. I was just thinking that which stone did he have? Was it the mine? It's the blue one. Whichever oh, the they blue one is, the, they got new colors, new powers. Because it wasn't the Time Stone, so, which is what I thought it should have. And been. it's not the Soul Stone as we talked because because. Yeah. Uh, What's his face has that one? Yeah. Uh, oh, Ultron. God. And so, all right. Well, you keep going. I'm gonna look that up. Cause. But yeah, he he has one of the he had one of the stones, and he leaves it in a, a toilet tank in in Madripoor for <laughs> Black Widow to come take and take care of. I guess. And uh, wait till I tell you about Black Widow. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Why her with the with the soul with a yeah, uh, she's entity? a clone. Is she? Yeah. So in that whole Hawkeye Black, Winter Soldier, uh, Winter Soldier yeah. uh, book that I was just talking about, uh-huh. so they're like, you know, Bucky's like, no, she's alive, and Hawkeye's like, no, she's dead. They're both right yeah. because the Black Widow they know is dead, and so now there's like a mass production of Black Widows out oh, there. Oh, my goodness. So it's like you kill one, activate the next one. And they were doing that shit with Cable, and then they just stopped that idea as well. So, yeah, so the Black Widow that's running around – it's like a Ben Riley type of thing, right. but it's still of the mind that it's Peter Parker. But how 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 up to date? I guess would it? Yeah, its it's like does be? she remember to 1995, 2007? Yeah, that's that's a thing that'll be explored. I'm sure. Is but, she getting a book? Uh, well, so she was in that book because that's where they reveal it. Because I think it was like a five part mini. So issue four is where we see her. Issue five is where they explain. And then the next time we see her is yeah, she's like, oh, I'm over here, Madapore. Let me open up this toilet because that's the drop off from Wolverine and about and, our. And stone. you know, with a uh, with it's probably the Reality Stone. So with a with a stone, you know. In, in play, she can probably get all the current memories of a... Yeah, that's, that's of, how you fix two characters, one swipe. Boom, done. Um, so, I want to say, you know, with that book, was, I think that was probably the, the weakest out of the books, but that was because it was setting up a whole bunch of shit that it needs to set up for the other four books. Essentially, the 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 other the, the end of the book is, is Kitty going around the world, like getting these teams together, or no, essentially finding the, the team leaders for these teams to be like, hey... Uh, Wolverine was important to you. You need to help me figure this out. We need to find him because either he's dead and that his body needs to be uh, be found before he gets into the wrong hands, or he's alive and we need to know if he's alive kind of thing. Okay, so the stone they had? Uh-huh. The space stone. The space stone. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. How would Wolverine have gotten the space stone? Anyways. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, Kitty goes to Tony Stark. Tony Stark says, oh, <laughs> I have this... There's this one time during the Avengers that, uh, you know, uh, I, I forget which villain it was. He was going to blow up New York City, and uh, the only person, you know, there had to be someone that was going to be there to stop the bomb, but that it meant that person was going to die. And he told he, uh, he told me to leave. He told 
Luke Cage leave and he told uh, Jessica Jones to leave. Like those are the three people that were there. So he he goes and gets like he, he essentially he owes one to to Wolverine for this. Right. Uh, and then I guess Wolverine also made him make a promise or something like that. He said I, it, they haven't revealed what the promise was. I don't think. But he made Tony Stark promise him that if he ever died, that a certain thing would happen. So um, Tony is getting – he gets that team back together to go after uh, after them – or after Wolverine. And that was the – what one was that one called? That was – Oh, that was the – The uh, – Adamantium Adamantium. Agenda. Okay. So, yeah, it must be something about his Adamantium skeleton. He probably doesn't want it to get in the wrong hands. Uh, but they go to a um, – they go to a super secret villain auction in the middle of international waters that uh, they all have to wear masks to be there and, and stuff like that to bid on what is being sold as DNA of a superhuman. Um, but it's not being told who it is at the, at the moment. Right. So, and I, I guess we know it's not Wolverine cause we know that Wolverine's alive because of infinity countdown. Yeah. So the idea is, I guess we got to figure out who, who that is going to be. Uh, that that gave us the panel that kind of went a little crazy on the internet about the fact that Jessica Jones and Luke Cage have a standing agreement if a certain friend of either one of them, like a, there is a certain friend that they have allowed to be in a threesome with them <laughs> if it ever comes to that. It might have been a throwaway joke that Jessica just kind of throws out there, but uh, it, it it did make the internet to be like, hey, they're they're kind of have a weird relationship and it's okay. Super oh, I know swingers. who it was. It, the the DNA uh, they revealed at the end of the book it was Danielle it's their daughter yeah, that's which, that's why he went crazy oh or yeah. Luke Cage goes crazy well and that's crazy because could you imagine the power base that Jessica has and then the the the, the protection that Luke has mm-hmm. merge that together holy shit that's, that's a gonna be a powerful baby. kid and then just teach it uh, some kung fu from its uncle that's Danny, true you know <laughs> put the fighting style in there. <laughs> Uh, then you had Weapon Loss, which was a, I thought was a really good book because you have Daredevil, who I really wouldn't ever expect uh, to be a Wolverine friend. Well, I like the setup for that one because first off, why is that book good? Because it's Charles Soule. Okay. Right? Not to yep. sound like a butt kisser, but I mean, he is writing Daredevil. Mm-hmm. So it's like, this is perfect. But I also liked in the, the main book, The Hunt for Wolverine One-Shot. When Kitty goes to Matt and she's like, we need the help. And he's like, yeah, don't worry, I'll help. And she's like, really? Like, <laughs> why? He's like, because I love a good mystery. Yeah. <laughs> that part was a little weak, but I mean, it was kind of like, all right, I could see Matt showboating. Like, sure, I don't mind. Like, and they threw in this whole, like, I, well, I'm a detective. It's like, are you Matt? Are you really? Yeah. But oh, all right, fine. Sure. If you want to be, let, let's be a detective you on this one. Stretch out your uh, your investigative deduction, sure, not a problem. That's essentially what they did with the first book. Is like he's like, all right, well, I'm a detective and I need other detectives, so let's go get uh, let's go get Misty Frank. Knight, no, know? first he gets Frank. He gets Frank McGee, who is this inhuman? Oh, okay, I was thinking c- not Castle. Frank Castle. No, <laughs> I was like, wait, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, in which I I don't know this guy, but uh, they do a good job of explaining who he is. He was uh, a, a NYPD cop or detective that. Didn't know he was inhuman, which a lot of people didn't know they were inhuman. Oh, and then Nur? 
Is that his, like, because I'm looking at the Wikipedia article. Yeah, he's like, I think, didn't he have his eyes covered or something like that? Yeah, he wears, he has, like, this weird vision thing, which yeah. was smart. That the, oh, like, he kind of looks like Cyclops, right? Or kind of. Like he, well, yeah. he wears, like, like Ray-Bans, like, wraparound Ray-Bans. Yeah. Or not Ray-Bans, uh, Oakley's. And uh, it's, it's something that he can take snapshots with his uh, with his vision, but then he can also see different, uh, I, I guess, different wavelengths of light. Yeah. And, uh, and, and he also does shoot something out of his eyes to that can hurt somebody, some kind of blast. So... Uh, but he is a detective, and he's also he's the essentially the cop for New Adelan, which yeah. is a uh, well, the Inhumans Inhumans area of yeah. New York. Uh, yeah. And he's actually I, been a good character because again, Soul's been writing him heavily. Into oh, the so book. he's heavy in in, yeah, in, in Daredevil. Ah, yeah. uh, okay. So that's and that's actually a good choice because he is a PI. He is a, he's a former cop, and then once the whole Inhuman Terrigen mist, mist happened. Yeah. You know, he became basically. That's the a same PI. incident or event that gave uh, Kamala Khan her powers, right? I think his would be after hers. Oh, okay. I think. Okay. Uh, and then they go get Misty Knight at a bar, who's kind of just in a pity party all of her own. Um, and then she's like, "Oh well, if we're going to be traveling around the world, we're going to need someone that speaks a bunch of different different languages. I only know Spanish." And Daredevil's like, well, I know Japanese. And then Frank says something, and I don't remember. But they're like, oh, we're going to need someone else. So they go and get Cypher. The only problem is that Cypher also knows how to speak internet. And he's <laughs> basically gone crazy because anybody that sits any amount of too much time on the internet, you know, you just keep going down rabbit holes. And all of a sudden, you're in, oh, there's, uh, you know, lizard people controlling all the world's politics and stuff like that. And he's... He's got this massive beard. He's all unkempt. He hasn't eaten anything in days. And, like, he's just disgusting looking. And they literally, like, Daredevil ends up throwing one of his batons, smacking him in the head to, like, knock him out. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, I, I wish we could have done this better. You know, I could have talked to him and stuff like that. But we don't got that kind of time. And just knocked him out and took him away from the internet. And he kind of, like, goes crazy a little bit. And then they're like, okay, well, here. Uh, he gives him a smartphone to, to help find Logan. Like, oh, that's the only reason you can't find his body is because he's not dead. And they they show him or something like that. I forget what it was. All the Do you know that there's been. a a robot Wolverine out there? Yeah, Albert. I didn't know about this. Oh my god! Yeah, he was because basically, okay, go back to the Logan movie. Uh huh. That's who. Oh, that, okay. Whatever. I think they called him what X twenty four or something yeah. like that. But yeah, he's Albert. Like, so is this a recent creation? No, God, he's like Larry Hama back when he was on Wolverine. Like wow. some eighties, Larry Hammer of GI Joe. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, like that's either. I think maybe it's all nineties. But yeah, that was. Yeah, I remember him because he was this weird guy, and he he'd run around with his little blonde hair girl. Is it Albert because of like Alberta, Canada? Maybe oh. that sounds good. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I didn't know about that. And then uh, so you then you have the what was it the the Weapon X one called Claws of Killer? Claws of a Killer. Yeah. Uh, also a good book. You really see that. Sabretooth and Lady Deathstrike are killers. They are villains. And like it's not something you're getting in the Weapon X book at the moment. Right. Because they're kind of playing on the side of good being a, a team and stuff like that. But like these two are bad people. And then Dakin wants to kill Sabretooth, but he's like, you know what? We're gonna put our our shit aside so we can go kill Wolverine first. Because they're under the impression that Wolverine's alive. Wow, so Dakin is still like, I'm gonna kill my dad. Yeah. He wow. hates even though last time I saw him it was in the the X Men Blue Book. Well, or, no, okay. no, the last time I saw him was in the Laura Kinney oh, the Wolverine book. book. Okay, well, her Wolverine. Gotcha. Yeah, her Wolverine. Because the two of them kind of were like 
great friends. I even said that the, when, we, when we talked about it, I was like, it seemed almost like they were kind of in love with each other, which would be weird. Because they're, like, they're kind of brother, brother and sister. sister yeah. But but maybe there was just a really, really, really close brother-sister relationship that I was misinterpreting for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, this, it seems like he lost a lot of his rage. So I don't know if there is a misconnect between editors or whatever at this point, bringing back and back in, or... He does just have this hatred for his father, but he does. But it's only his father that he has this rage hatred for. Like everybody else, he's fine with, except for Sabretooth, obviously. Yeah, I would say then that that's it's definitely got to be what you just said there, that second option, because right now he's in the X Men Blue Book. Is he? Yeah, he's part of that Polaris Magneto X Men team with Dakin Polaris, where they're going against Havoc. I thought the um, blue team, or I thought the blue book was the one with the. Well, it is the originals, but they're lost in space again. They're well, lost. So this is what sucks about this. Like, okay, so y- you had the original team, right? And they had that crossover with Venom for the Poison X, and um, then they went into space, and that's where they went to the symbiote planet, and they found out that those weird egg-looking things that when they crack on your face, they merge a symbiote to you and they take over your brain and you're mindless. Uh, They put you in part of the Hive collection. And then that spun off into its own miniseries of Venom, Poison X or something. I Poisonous or something, I forget. But that storyline technically hasn't happened yet in the story. (laughs) Yeah, because it's it's supposed to be this X-Men arc happens and then it'll be that that Venom book that I was just talking about. Mm-hmm. But the Venom book completed in one month. Like it did one issue a week and then it's done. So you're like, so every time you're reading X-Men Blue, you see Cyclops in space with the rest of the X-Men. And he's pining over Gene, who's essentially dead. But it's like, no, we, we already know how that story played out. <laughs> which, is, which is interesting also because I just read... Uh, well, my latest issue of Champions where, where Scott leaves the team. Oh, right, yeah. And he's essentially like, like he's got emotions he's got feelings for kamala khan like he's kind of interested in her yeah and he's like well i don't want to leave this team but i need to go with my team into outer space like to go do this mission or whatever so and it's funny because the mission is to save his dad so you think he would and it's again it's i wish editors would talk or writers would talk or somebody you know but uh, yeah because like it, it's in yeah in the champions book it makes it sound like well i gotta go with my team mm-hmm. but in the x-men blue book it's like dude it's my dad I'm going into space, and the team's like, well, we'll go with you. You know, It's like, I wish they would have yeah. handled that a little bit differently. But, yeah, basically it's like, well, Cyclops has to leave the team. Let's get rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a great issue, though. Like, uh, Mark Wade, when he did that whole, like, kind of, like, uh, retcon to Cyclops' origin where it's like, yeah, Cyclops jumped on the bus and, and helped steer the bus like it's like he's always been a hero without his powers he's always like he really grew up that day and it's like yeah that's why he's the stick in the mud as everybody calls him mm. so i thought that was a neat issue so uh yeah so the the claws of the killer i think that's going to be a very interesting book what where they end up going with that because uh the fact that it's kind of being very much the the killer side of wolverine yeah um and and then the last one is the mystery of madripoor or mystery in madripoor which is the all female team? Like, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with it being all female, and like, I don't have a problem. Uh, it, this is the one that Kitty is kind of leading herself, but it's got such the I don't know. It's got the it's got a very strange lineup, but then it's it makes a lot of sense too because they're all women that Wolverine has affected in some way, and it, the book is at least the first issue is all POV from Psylocke. 
So, right. which I thought was interesting because it, it plays up the uh, his you know his Japanese samurai side of his, of his personality and how the two of them train together and stuff like that. And now he he essentially like she puts it as he helped her center herself in her in her ways of you know trying to oh, be okay. a better person because yeah i was curious because i look at that lineup you know kitty which he trained her when she first came jubilee mm-hmm. he also trained her trained. rogue he trained her and then psylocke and storm and storm obviously they joined together and i was like how does psylocke fit but that must have been something that when she went from her first body mm-hmm. into the second body i guess yeah wolverine helped her center and then okay. what, what well what really to me, it made a lot of sense because I'm a big fan of the MC2, as you remember. Uh, and in that world, they have oh, a daughter together. Right. They have Wild Thing. Wild Thing. Yeah. Yeah, Wild Thing, where it's uh, Psylocke and, and Wolverine's daughter. Yeah. You know, she has her Psy claws. Yeah. But yeah, no, that it. And then Domino. Domino is also on the team, but they don't oh, want nice. to tell her what, what it is that they're doing. They're literally just using her to, to fly the Blackbird, which is so <laughs> weird. And then, you but know. She's lucky. So but she's way. lucky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, I mean, I don't know, do you put Wolverine and Domino together at any point? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Like, I mean, she's been one of those ones, like, I'm pretty sure she's been a, I know she's been a part of X-Force. Well, she's on the Weapon X team right now with Old Man Logan, Uh so I I don't know if that's the connection they're trying to push, or if there's something before that. I, 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 it's safe to say there's something before that. Yeah. I I just can't place when, but I know there's something. Deadpool, Cable, Wolverine, they all kind of yeah, they, they go all, together, right? Yeah. And Domino's right there in the middle. Yeah, she's uh, the, the nexus. <laughs> so they they show up to Madripoor because they're like, well, you know, that's where Wolverine liked to hang out. They, that was a, a good piece of his life. But yeah, they're Patch. like, Patch, <laughs> yeah, and that, and they bring up Patch, Patch, that whole this whole scenario, and uh, but they're like, oh, but you know what? Magneto's the one that's in charge of Madripoor right now, and it's not. We don't have, really have a good relationship with him, and he literally shows up on the tarmac when they land their plane, and he's like, "You think I don't know when people are coming to my my city and stuff like that?" But then you find out it's not really Magneto; it's someone what? impersonating it, like oh, not wow. really impersonating him, but like throwing up mind illusions and uh-huh. stuff. And then there's this whole uh, Lady Hydra. Viper? Oh, Viper, the green-haired yeah, lady. Green, yeah, yeah. yeah, She's got her own team of female mercenaries or whatever that are, that are also going after Wolverine's body. And uh, they go to Patch's uh, bar. That, yeah, nightclub or whatever. Yeah, nightclub that someone uh, is running for him. And he's like, oh, you know the, the secret password. So if, <laughs> if Patch said that if anybody ever showed up and said such, such and such, that show them the secret room. They go so, in the extra, extra room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they go in that extra room. And you see, it's a bunch of stuff that, like, they're always like, oh, well, Wolverine's not sentimental. He doesn't keep anything. It's like, bullshit. Wolverine's super sentimental. Like, <laughs> his life is all about his memories. But, yeah, it's like you, you see little things and, like, everybody kind of grabs something. And it's like, oh, this is, this is me. This represents me kind of thing. <laughs> So it's just a. I think it's a. It's a strange book, but it's written really well. Like so I, have I'm a Wolverine excited. Cave now. Yeah, it's, <laughs> the den. It's, it's essentially it's the Wolverine den. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, uh, and then they get their asses handed to them by Lady Hydra or, or Viper. Lady Viper. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lady Viper. So, uh, like I said. I was very, very disappointed in myself that I bought. I I fell. Well, for I feel it. bad because that was me projecting it onto you because, so I remember the death and we were talking about this. Because, um, like, okay, if you want to read The Death of Wolverine... Which I do. I want to go back and find that trade but now. But there's three. There's three trades Ugh. you should read that... Well, but it's not bad because collected editions... Like, I thought about this. So there's one trade out there called 
the Death of Wolverine, the complete collection. Mm-hmm. Well, it'll have the Death of Wolverine miniseries and then the spinoff stuff. And what you really need to do is there's... So Peter Milligan was the guy who at the time was writing, I want to say, Wolverine Volume 5. This is part of that Marvel Now initiative. And that's the one where he got that virus that took away his healing factor. Mm. So you have to read that. Which is what, yeah, that's what they, they, they bring that up in Hunt for Wolverine, that yeah. he didn't have his healing factor at the moment. Yeah. Yet, when they pull his body out of there, it is pretty yeah, good. It's still pretty, pretty good, good shape, shape yeah. for someone who just got burned by molten adamantium. But go on. No, but you're right. You know, and that's an <laughs> artist's mistake, you know. Uh, but anyway, so you read that. So that, that gives you the whole why he doesn't have his powers. And then I think the next one is Wolverine Volume 6, which is like issues 6 through 13, if I remember correctly. And that one, I think, was called Three Months to Die. And that's the buildup to when Wolverine's going to die. And then there's the four-issue miniseries, The Death of Wolverine, which is where it all happens. Mm-hmm. So those are the books that you need to read. If you buy the complete collection, it gives you just the four-part miniseries and then some other BS to go with it, which <laughs> is worthless. Yeah, so it's it's I, if I can find the exact information, I'll try to post it on the on the link with this episode if you want to catch up with it. But yeah, it's a real strange collection on how you got to do this in order to get the proper Death of War. Right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll definitely be interested in checking that out because I mean, obviously that. That'd be a, a pretty big storyline for... I mean, this was, what, 2014 when this happened? Right about, yeah, yeah. 13, 14, I think, yeah. So, so yeah, he's been gone for five years. I mean, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, we've had a lot of synthetic Wolverines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, we talk about that a lot. We talk about how, you know, there is no Wolverine in the in the MCU anymore, or M- MU, but then there is. There's many Wolverines in the MU right now, so... Uh, and I, there was even more than I knew because I didn't know about this Albert character. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Um, but that you know, that's one of the things that I, I've actually been catching up a lot of my reading this week. But that's one of the things that I really wanted to stick out because yeah, you're right. I mean, you're not right. I I'm not saying that you projected onto me, but <laughs> no, I, I really did. I felt like I felt like I got scammed. I couldn't believe I, I bought four <laughs> runs of, of a book. Yeah, and it, four four-parters. Yeah. And, and that's not even going to tell you the whole story because th- you have the issue zero that leads into the four minis right. that's going to dovetail into another miniseries right. as well. So so then that, that yeah, I felt a, bad, but I felt great after reading those number one good. issues. Now, ha, ha, will they be able to keep up that story afterwards? Who knows? But the number ones, at least, are good, I would say. Yeah, well, and what's going to be exciting is, and again, like I'm buying one of them. I'm buying the Weapon the dead, the, the yeah, the Weapon Lost. I'm buying that one because again, like I said, oh, Daredevil, Charlie Soul. That's going to be good. And Charles Soul is actually the man who killed Wolverine. He's the one who wrote oh, the, okay. the four issue miniseries, and he may have written that Three Months to Die. I can't remember, but he's going to be writing the one that they'll all dovetail into. Mm. So that's a good sign. So at least you know that's that's the path to follow. <laughs> and I have good faith because I'll do that one when they all come together into that that last miniseries. That's the one I'll be picking up because I have good hopes for that. Uh, so then, what have you been reading? So in my reads this last week, so I'm trying to stay uh, current with some of the new books, and. So I've been posting, if you've been following me on the social media, I've been doing my top three picks for both companies. And so um, the, the, the top DC pick, I had to read it right off the bat, was Man of Steel number one. Um, so I read that one, Bendis' first jump into, I guess technically his third 
jump into Superman. But with this Man of Steel, this title harkens back to to me for John Byrne when he came to DC and when he took over Superman with the whole post-crisis. I liked it. Um, It set up a good mystery. And I think what was really important about that book, the voices sound the same. Because sometimes you, you're, you're reading a book, and obviously I know both of us were heavily invested in Rebirth Superman with Man of, or with Superman and Action Comics. And Pete Tomasi and Jan, Dan Jurgens, they're great writers. They've crafted great stories, and I don't want to see those 50-some-odd issues get shit-canned for a whole new regime coming in. It didn't feel that way. You know, and like I said, when I'm reading that book, like there's a part where Clark looks at his desk and he sees a picture of Lois and Jonathan. So I'm like, okay, it feels modern, but then sometimes the way they're acting, like there's some time that's mm. changed. So, but I mean, it feels like, like, okay, a new writer has stepped in, but don't throw away all your back issues. So that made me feel good. That reassured me as a fan, you know, as a, as a big collector of this stuff. So I, I definitely recommend go out there, get yourself a copy of it. Um, if you're worried about Bendis taking over, I, I say don't be worried. I say enjoy it. I think it's going to be a fun ride. He does have a lot of love for the characters he writes, so I feel like this is going to be good. Uh, the next two books that I read that were major for me, um, No Justice number four, and then the Green Arrow annual number two. Um, I've been loving No Justice, you know, and um, it, it was tough because, like, I mean, I'm a Hal Jordan fan. And so there was no Hal Jordan, but issue four of No Justice did a great job of it. Oh, that. wow. Um, and it's kind of exciting because, like, Hal sees something. So it's like, okay, this is going to open up big. And when are we going to find out when that occurs? Probably in that new Green Lantern number one with, you know, the rumored creative team behind it. But I feel like this is definitely setting Hal up for some major um, DC stuff. So I'm very excited about that. I like the way this concluded. Um, like I said, I, I think they did this event way better than they did metal. Uh, just because it was every week. Hits you, hits you, hits you, hits you. I mean, was it always the same artist? No. But they got enough artists that their styles meshed well. And I think what helped was, and there's a lot, like I always feel bad because when I talk about a comic, I only talk about two people, the writer and artist. But there's so many other people behind it. The inker. I mean, we've seen, you know, an artist can draw something, but depending on who does the inks can change it. The colors. And I think what was really neat, so whoever the colorist or color extra people working on the colors, they did a good job of keeping a continuity to it. So it very much felt like it was a monthly book put on a faster track, even though I could tell it was different artists. But that color scheme effect that they did to the book was great. Um, I liked the, the parts with Amanda Waller and Ollie, Oliver Queen acting, you know, acting together. Mm-hmm. I thought those were fun moments um, because Amanda Waller was just like, fuck it, let's nuke the seed. That way these um, mythical giants, I forget what their proper name is, but that way they don't come to Earth and devour the oh, Earth. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and Ollie's like, no, we don't do that. We trust the Justice League. But then I like when the moment finally comes, it's actually the Green Lantern Corps that comes and saves the Earth. And then when Oliver, yeah, (laughs) right? You know, it's like, uh, hello, you got a a way more powerful team, (laughs) you know? But anyway, so when Oliver does get a moment, he's talking with John Jones, and he's like, you you left us to die, you know? And then John Jones is like, yeah, we, we, we did this, you know? We broke everything, so he gives Ollie this box, you know, and it's like, you now have the means to destroy the Justice League. And then the annual basically deals with Ollie, you know, kind of like, oh, wow. Um, 
I, I do find it funny in Oliver's character because to me, Ollie was always the guy who's like, I want to be on the Justice League. I want to be on the Justice League. And now it's kind of like, fuck you, Justice League. I don't need you guys. It's Whatever. Like, and like, is it a front? <laughs> but I feel like it went from it being a front to now that's actually how he feels. And I'm kind of saddened by that because I always want Ollie. Like, Ollie and Hawkeye, those are the two guys that are like, we want to be on these premier teams. But it's like, yeah, you're just... You're a bowman who really cares, but they're like, no, I, I need this. You don't understand. That's what I was going to say. Know? It was, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, the Gra- old Groucho Marx, uh, or quote is like, I wouldn't want to be the, the member of any club that would want me as a member. Like, I don't want to <laughs> be a, me- yeah, something like that. I don't want to be in any club that would want me as a member. So, you know, it's as, as soon as they're like, yeah, here's your invitation to be on the team. He's like, well, fuck well, you. I, I don't, don't want it. I don't need you. To, I don't need you. I, I do shit on my own kind of thing. So. Uh, yeah, that's that's I I think this no justice storyline. I mean, I haven't got to read any of it yet, but I right. think that it sounds like a really great start to the next thing for the Justice League. Yeah, I think you're gonna like it. Um, again, you and I have similar tastes, and I know you're a Green Arrow fan. This was huge, so I, I'm excited that when you read it, like <laughs> I want to hear your reactions. I want to know what you think about it because it it was fun. And like I said, to me, it's like wow, the summer blockbuster is back. Yeah, you know, and you it's know, exciting. As much as like, I think it's weird. I I do. I can't wait to to read what Justice League Odyssey, which is coming out of oh, this, yeah, yeah. which will have books, yeah. uh, Dark Side, Dark Side, and Azrael on the teams, like Azrael yeah. in space <laughs> on the Justice League. All right, let's see where this goes. Hey, at least the costume looks pretty badass. Yeah, the costume <laughs> does look pretty badass. So uh, I can't wait. Um, but yeah, no. So yeah. anything more? Oh you yeah. Well, say? no. There were a couple. Um, and then like a fourth book. And I, I'm going to be honest with you. And I know we both been reading this one, or maybe we've been buying it. But like Doomsday Clock. I'm going to be honest. I kind of pooped out. I read issue one. I read issue two. And then I was kind of like, ah, eh, this sucks. Because that one's a book that you got to read in your hands. Just because that last page with the whole crazy newspaper clippings spread out and whatnot. Because I'll, I'll admit, I've been reading some of the digitals. Um, so I kind of lost interest in it, you know, and especially with the whole shipping schedule. And, you know, it's like, what, come November of this year, the book should be ending. And we're currently in June. So it's like, yeah, that's going to be a hell of a thing to pull off. And obviously they won't. And no offense to the, you know, the artist on that. I mean, I'd rather give them time to keep a quality book. But how do you get excited about it when it's like, you know, like, yeah, this book is going to catch up to the DCU. It's in the future. And it's like, well, no, by the time it finishes, it's going to be be six months behind. You know, so how the hell am I supposed to be excited about that? But you did, you did tweet out some photos from it. Yes. Yeah. So I hope people didn't mind. That's why I edited them. But like. I mean, so spoilers, if you haven't read your issue, pause in three, two, one, spoilers, here we go. So with Johnny Thunder escaping his, you know, his wherever, his old folks home, and then making it to the All-American Steel Company, which was great because Alan Scott first appeared in All-American Comics. Mm -hmm. So he gets over there, he gets beat up by some muggers, but he finds the Green Lantern, Alan's Green Lantern. Oh my God, this is awesome. I mean, we've seen Jay's helmet. We got a mention of Miracle in the the Damage Damage, book. And now this, and I'm like, yes, bring these pieces together. I miss the JSA. Now I'm going to be one person that's differentiating. I miss the JSA. I don't mind missing the Justice Society. So I'm hopeful that those characters come back. I want my Dr. Midnight back. You know, mm-hmm. I want Pieter Cross. I mean, yes, we, we do have Mr. Terrific, but I want him with that group of characters interacting with them. So I that that issue, like when we're done podcasting and I go home, I'm going to read Doomsday Clock 1 through 
through five. I'm going to go back and, and check this out. So that reinvigorated me. So I was very excited. So with that, that picture that you tweeted out, and I kind of wanted, I kind of was thinking about this the other day, or since you, you tweeted it out, um, the original storyline of the flash that brings, uh, Jay Garrick and Barry Allen together. Okay. Yes. Flash of two earths. Or yeah. Flash of two earths. Two earths. Okay. Uh, essentially you find out that earth two, which is where Gary or Jay Garrick's from mm-hmm. is just, it's there. It's just on another frequency, right? Right. Different vibrational. So things. they're able to come together, but you don't actually get the two worlds merging together until crisis on infinite earth. Right. Yeah. Cause that's when they went from multiple earths on different frequencies to a timeline. So what if doomsday clock ends up being our newest iteration of both uh, flashes of two Earths and um, Crisis on Infinite Earths. So once Doomsday Clock is over, we now don't have the multi. Well, I don't know. It really, it's hard. It really feels like they're not going to want to get rid of the multiverse again because they. they seem well, John's to- brought it back. I mean, not to, not to play that card, but yeah, it's like well, John's brought it back in Infinite Crisis. Right. Uh, we did see some of that effect in the JSA book. And then it turned into Justice Society of America. Um, you know, it's like, yeah, are we going to do the timeline? Or are we going to do the multiverse? And even then, it's tough because the Legion's part of this as well. And the Legion has never been like, oh, that's Earth right. 8,503. No, that's the future. So it's like, so here you kind of have both those ideas coming at each other. A multiverse Which is what and a future. Crisis of three three Legions or whatever was, was yeah. kind of about. It was about how after a certain point, everything became one. And, uh, you know, we have three different legions because these this, there's three different timelines and they all become one kind of thing. Like, that was also Jeff Johns. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I see that he, since, since he brought the multiverse back, he'd be the one to be like, I'm, I'm taking it away now. But <laughs> I also feel like they, they like to keep the multiverse around. So, whatever it is, I just think that... I think at the end of Doomsday Clock, we're going to get our Justice Society of America. I feel that. And I, I really think that it's going to be our either Crisis on Infinite Earths or Flash of Two Earths like storyline where we get to know that the two exist and then they're going to come together. Like, I think our Justice Society is going to come in and we're going to be like, people are just going to be like, oh yeah, that's right. Alan Scott was the protector of Gotham before Batman and kind of thing. And, yeah. and I think that's what... I think that's what's going to happen. No, I feel like it's... I, I agree with you. Like, obviously, this is one of those big event comics that's not getting publicized as an event. Right. But I, I definitely get that vibe that it's like, you know, the universe will not be the same after this. Because, again, 12 issues. 12's big because that was the first time with Crisis on Infinite Earth. They did it as a 12-issue miniseries. Watchmen was 12 issues. So, I mean, these things aren't done on accident. And especially with the meticulous care that um, Gary Frank has been doing with the art, Mm -hmm. you know, like you have to sit down and analyze those pages. Don't just analyze panels, analyze pages. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, this is a big book. Um, I think once we hit issue nine, you're going to see a lot more. Like there's going to be a big ramp up of advertising and, and doing all kinds of stuff. I mean, hell, it's getting a toy line, you know? So it's like, (laughs) I mean, metal didn't even get a toy line and it should have gotten one. I mean, especially since those are all different versions of the character, like in metal. So you would think that they'd want to do that. So uh, I, you're right. This is going to be a book that will have some ramifications. Um, but I don't think we're going to start feeling it till later. And how it's going to play out, I don't know. Like, personally, I've liked the timeline. I'm not against the multiverse, but, you know, that's where it will get confusing where it's like, well, you know, now that means we lose Alan Scott from Batman's childhood. 
You know, we lose those things. So it's like, I don't want to lose stuff. I'd rather it build. Right. But then at the same time, you know, those memories for me are lost to the people who had those previous memories as well. So it's, it's a tough call. Um, but I, I will state, I'm very excited for that book again. Um, crossing over to my Marvel stream or, you know, I was, um, I read X-Men Red Annual Number 1. That was the first Marvel book I had to read for this week. Um, that one was supposed to be, and it's interesting because there's been a big editor change. How can there already be an annual for Red? Like, didn't that just start? Yeah, like it's barely issue five. Well, yeah. So, and and I'd be curious, like, I would love to ask Tom Taylor, like, were there some changes to your story or whatnot? Because basically the way I look at this is, when they brought Gene back, adult Gene, um, they did it in that Phoenix Resurrection miniseries, so it was a five-parter. So this annual is supposed to serve as, like, issue six. Mm. So they kind of knew it was already happening. It's like X-Men Red issue zero, Phoenix Resurrection issue six, so it's going to bridge the gap between the two. Um, I liked it. I liked the voice that Tom Taylor is giving Gene Grey. Um, there were neat interaction points, you know, like... I, I like when old man Logan comes up to Wolverine or comes up to Gene and, you know, I like their interaction there. Um, I'm glad to see adult Gene went to Rachel and she's like, you're my daughter. And, you know, it's like, I don't even know what to say to you. It's okay where we are. It's all about the thoughts. So they kind of had like a mind meld mm. thing. Um, then she teams up with Laura and Gabby and, you know, the four of them and they go and confront Black Bolt. Oh, wow. And she's like, look, I'm not going to attack your kingdom, but, you know, she really does heavily put the blame on there where it's like, you know what you guys did. And it's not even just because of Scott. It's because of what you did to the mutants, you know. So I thought that was great. Like, she actually did get Black Bolt to say, I'm sorry, which is huge because it's like, I mean, Jean Grey is something. But at the end of the day, it's like, you're just another mutant. You're just a person. Mm-hmm. Black Bolt is a king. Right. You know, so I thought that was huge. So they did a great job with that. The only thing I was bummed about, and I was hoping we were going to get to see it, because, again, at the end, so you have X-Men Phoenix Resurrection issue five ends that miniseries. That same week, Jean Grey issue 11 came out, and the last page of that ends with young Jean Grey seeing adult Jean Grey, and they're like, we got to talk, and that was it. So where the hell is that conversation going to happen? Now, Tom had said on social media that, oh, yeah, you're going to see that in the annual. We didn't see that in the annual. So I'm curious, is that something we're going to see elsewhere? Did it just get scrapped entirely? So it's kind of a bummer because I'd love to. Yeah. I mean, I got to see the Scots interact, the Bobbies interact, you know, the Warrens and the Hanks. Never got to see the Jeans. So I'd like to see that one. Um, and then, of course, you know, the big elephant in the room. What does Jean say to Scott? So she actually goes to his grave. She talks to him, and it was beautiful. I mean, like, she's like, I wish you were here so we could change the world together. I was like, wow. You know, like, that was that was really great. Like, that gives me – I mean, like, I, even one of our good friends, Rafa, I think he's more of a Scott Emma fan. I'm Scott and Gene. That's, that's – I mean, there's no other way. <laughs> Sorry, Rafa. But, um, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's one of those things. And you look at it, I feel hopeful. Like, I, I really feel like there's something that's going to come out of the X offices that's going to be good for both Gene and Scott. Not necessarily saying them together, but for the characters. So I'm excited to see that there's going to be some good growth there. I'm really stoked. Um, the other book that was major for me... Um, well, okay, I'm going to throw this one in there because I thought it was funny. Lockjaw 
had a mini series, a four part mini series. So he's bouncing around the Marvel multiverse. Oh, the one where he, he shows up in the DC, in the DC universe. DCU. Yeah. I was like, that's awesome. You so see like Superman's feet and Wonder Woman's feet. Yeah, you know. So like, I mean, it's interesting because like. Jason Aaron and Scott Snyder are definitely like the lead architects. They're on the main books, Avengers and JLA, respectively. Um, what about uh, Spencer? Spencer, Spencer, Spencer. Nick Spencer. Nick Spencer. Yeah, uh, he's he's doing good. He's he. I think he's so after he's gonna Secret be on Empire, Spider-Man. He's not no not main I, I, architect anymore. No, I mean he is. He's writing Amazing Spider-Man, which is, is a major book. But okay, I don't. Fair enough. You know, I think it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, your event. It didn't happen it was, the way it was supposed to. It was good. <laughs> but uh, but anyways, no, but like those are the two guys. They get along friendly. They've kind of hinted at stuff. I I don't know who we got to get to bury the hatchet, but I want some Marvel and DC stuff going on. I, I mean, mean, Marvel's been pushing it. I mean, we saw in Infinity Countdown, Captain Marvel was there. And I'm being ambiguous, but Shazam was there. Or specifically CM3, Captain Marvel Jr. was there. Um, I even heard in the Infinity Countdown Captain Marvel book that there was a, a, a kind of another hint at Shazam and stuff like that. I mean, I, that's one of my picks. I unfortunately haven't read it yet. Um, but I mean, like Marvel's definitely been playing with it, you know, a little bit more than DC has. Um, and DC has been playing with it definitely in the meta form. You know, I mean, you look at the whole Tiny Titans thing, you know, Deathstroke is like, who cares about Deadpool? If you like Deadpool, then you're going to love me. Yeah. You know? I do laugh how they have to call him Slade. I'm like, yeah. why not just say it already? Just say Deathstroke. It's okay. But again, you don't really want your little kids running around. Yeah, Yay, exactly. Deathstroke. Exactly. You know? Um, but yeah, there's so much. So I mean, I, I'm hopeful. I think within the next five years, we're gonna we're gonna have a JLA, Avengers, DC, Marvel, something, which would be fantastic. Um, but for me, the biggest book of the week, Amazing Spider-Man 800. Um, I have like, I mean, Dan Slott has gotten a lot of shit for writing Spider-Man, but he has done a great job. I mean, when one more day, brand new day happened, I was kind of sad because they took something away from Spider-Man, you know, and they did it in such a weird, goofy way, you know, like, oh, Mephesto, I'm mm. going to steal your love, you know, it's like, really? So I was kind of let Which down Which I kind of like that they made fun of that in Damnation. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, they had that little bit of joke jokes, especially with the Ben Riley character. Yeah, no, but, I'm glad that they, that you know, because even the, the, the current people at Marvel are like, yeah, let's, I mean, really? You could have done it, could have done it a whole different way, but, you know, it is what it is. Magic. Yeah, you know, right? And but I mean, he's he's done a lot of cool stuff. I mean, Alchemex, um, the, the 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 Kane Scarlet Spider suit, uh, the Superior Spider Man. I mean, he's done so many great things. So spoilers for issue eight hundred of Amazing Spider Man. If you haven't read it, in three, two, one, spoilers. Holy shit, dude! He killed Flash Thompson. I mean, like I said, we were talking about this before we started recording. Um, I mean, yes, you you see him die, you see him get buried, you're at his funeral. Um, it felt forced. Like, I mean, I get it. You know, when Spider Man has an amazing, sorry, bad pun, when he has yeah. a big anniversary issue, you got to kill somebody, you got to take somebody off the board. The fact that it was Flash was rough. I mean, it was it was tough for me because like I I just watched that character get kicked down and i guess i'm always more protective of fans because i was there i mm -hmm. i mean i'm a hal jordan fan for a decade i got kicked in the teeth by dc comics so i understand that and i mean at some point we were talking about this too you know like 
when you ask people about Venom, they're going to be like, Agent Venom? That's my favorite character, you know? And, you know, he had his own book. He was a member of the Thunderbolts. Flash Thompson, he's got history. He's got great character growth. And you just kill him. I mean, like he's that. a Thunderbolt. He's an Avenger. He's a he's a Guardian. Guardian. There's uh, yeah, he's been all over the place. It's, it's amazing that they would do that. Yeah, so I was just I was shocked by it. But one other major thing from that book that I thought was fantastic was uh, Doc Ock in it. I yeah. thought that was so cool. I was protective of May, and you know, even like Spider Man's like, hey, in our book, we're we're square. We're square. So I was like, ooh, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. So, so yeah, I was just blown away by uh, that character growth. So I thought it was great. Uh, definitely recommend reading that issue. And again, if you pick it up, don't forget, go get 801 because that's going to be huge. Dan's been talking about this issue for a while. So and that will be his last issue. Yes, and that'll be Dan's last issue. Because he's jumping over to uh, He's going to take over Iron Man. Oh, Iron Man. That's and right. Fantastic Four. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, he recently put out a, twi- uh, a post on social media explaining how, like, with Spider-Man, the whole point is to squish him. Tony and Reed and Reed and family are going to be different. So this is not going to be a book where he's going to go in there and be like, all right, you know, what you saw in Spider-Man is going to be a repeat. I think he's going to bring a whole different tour de force of writing for these groups of characters. So okay. I'm excited. So, um, yeah, definitely go out and read uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 800 <laughs> uh, before next week because next week we're going to have a challenge that involves Amazing Spider-Man 800 and uh, what, that, what that means, what that entails. Um, you'll have to tune in next week. So... Uh, if you have any opinions on any of the things that we talked about today or on issue 800 of Amazing Spider-Man so that we can throw that into our discussion next week, we'd love to hear it. Uh, definitely check me out on Twitter at, at Agent... No, not Agent of the Bat anymore. <laughs> uh, I will always be Agent of the Bat in my heart. But <laughs> on Twitter, so you can find me easier, it's Michipedia G-E-R. Michipedia Geek Elite Radio. It's the way you can remember it. If you want to talk to Chris, you can also find him on Twitter as... Yep, so mine's the complicated name. I'll find a way to fix this soon. But right now, I am at Stuff I Should Say, G-E-R. So that's S-T-U-F-I-S-H-U-D-S-A-Y-G-E-R. There you go. It's a hell of a lot of letters. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's going to be some kind of acronym. We'll figure it out later. But uh, uh, yeah. Uh, the rest of Geek Elite Radio is at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter, at Geek Elite Radio on Instagram, Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Radio is our Facebook page, and GeekEliteRadio.com is our website. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Radio Network. But until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.